Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Talking About Birds, the only Cardinal podcast that, like Ali Marmal, is not ready for a challenge. My name is Nate Heininger, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Ben Samorka. Hi, everyone. Hey, Nate. Hey. Look at this. I know. We are together yeah. in person. Yeah. And uh, it's uncomfortable, frankly. And yeah. this week, we are going to be talking about an interesting week of baseball. We'll be breaking down what is working well and what is still not working. And we're going to talk about the upcoming series against the Pirates and the Diamondbacks. If you have an idea for the opening bit, tweet us at Talk About Birds. Uh, well, Hambone, here we are. Here we are. We are like six feet away from each other. <laughs> uh, well, all day, all for the past three days, we've been like 12 inches from each other, sitting in baseball seats next to each sleeping other. Sleeping in the same bed. Sleeping in the same bed. Uh, as mother expects us to, of course. Of course, eating spaghetti, sharing our, uh, sharing our plate. Of course. Of course. Yes. Uh, no, it's been great. I've been yeah. now in Denver for three days. We just got back from the Wednesday day game. Within the hour. Yeah. we. I, I'm still stinky as hell. <laughs> I've been wearing... It's worn the same shirt for three days in a row. <laughs> <laughs> it's my tradition. I have my Ozzy Smith uh, Wizard of Oz t-shirt that I love, and I wear it to like 99% of games that I yeah. go to. And when you go to three games in a row, like... Why and that hot Denver sun. Yeah, it is. It is hot here. You know, it's normally <laughs> I come to Denver and I, it's like a, it's it's a cooler. Yeah. Leaving leaving the hell pits of St. Louis. Yeah. To come to Denver, it's normally cooler. But this week, it's hot here. <laughs> it's like uh, you're like you're closer to the sun up here. Wow. The air is thinner. Wow. Why do people live here? Um, great question. Um, why why do you come here? I guess would be my rebuttal to that question. Not answerable. Yeah. I will say that it's been good, though. I've been eating like a little piggy. Oh, my God. <laughs> We've gone yeah. to a bunch of restaurants. Yes. Uh, I had to remind myself to drink water. <laughs> <laughs> Wait. So we had, we've had we had tacos, pizza. Uh, I've had breakfast burritos breakfast every day. Um, we also went to... Uh, what did we do yesterday? Hold on. We had pizza today. Tacos had, yesterday. Tacos yesterday. Yeah. Oh, uh, uh, fried chicken. Fried chicken. There we go. Yes. Korean fried chicken. Korean fried Monday. chicken. Yeah. I knew it was something decadent. Yeah. yeah. So um, we've really been going to town. I'm yeah. going to eat like white rice and water for the next two weeks. You know, I'm I'm going to have some uh, an acai bowl. Yeah. That sounds good. Acai. acai. I'm going to have an acai, acai bowl. There's a, there's a spot like the closest establishment to my house is a... Uh, like a like a bowl place, you yeah. know, like a like a. Do they fresh, have acai? I'm sure they do. Wow. Yeah. Uh, strawberry toast. Oh, kind of thing. Wow. Yeah. Millennials love it. I, I think I'll try it. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's been good. You know, Denver's a cool town. Everyone here is either super fit or looks like Joe Dirt, which is <laughs> yeah, which is a good vibe. Yeah. Yeah. We got it's like Mountain Dirty or like uh, Patagonia chic. Yeah, and that's about it. I yeah. don't know where I fall in that. Mm, trash yeah there's the third category. i got i still got the Missouri trash on you're, me you're closer to joe dirt than the patagonia chic I'll, okay with I'll that, say that. Yeah. Um, yeah it's been cool the games uh course field is is a great stadium yes uh at this point the stadium i've been to the most outside of push stadium and uh 
we participated in an activity today that we promised <laughs> uh we promised last week that we would do kind of spur of the moment and yeah. we did it and we did it we did do it and uh we found ben had scouted it out already so we knew where it was yeah. but we uh we did the pitch speed game at the ballpark at the interactive center or interactive. whatever the interactive yeah. baseball complex or, or whatever at Coors field um yeah. It was, we were in line with actual children. Yes. Um, I think intimidating high school age kids. <laughs> One kid was talking about like, he just had Tommy John surgery or something like that. He said he was coming back from some type of injury. Yeah. Um, they were the, the people that were with him were really hyping him too. He was like yeah. 17, uh, taller than both of us. Yes. Big kid lefty. Yeah. Um, he did fine. I mean, they were all disappointed. Can we talk about it? Well, he said the gun is slow. My ass. Yeah. Well, I mean, maybe. I maybe, maybe I agree. <laughs> I maybe. don't know. <laughs> I don't know. So, uh, first of all, only five bucks. Affordable. We were both expecting to spend like twenty five dollars yeah. each on this stupid little thing, uh, but it was five bucks. You got five pitches. Six pitches. Well, oh, five, sorry, five sorry, pitches sorry. normal, yes, yes, and yes, then yes. you get had to guess what your last pitch your sixth pitch would yes. be yeah essentially you got to like calibrate your arm yeah and then guess the miles per hour you're going to throw on your final pitch and if you did guess correctly what your final pitch is you got a little prize uh it was a little small pack of baseball cards <laughs> it's such a small prize it's like it's like six cards in in, <laughs> in clear plastic right yeah and uh but i i do want to point out that is really the goal of this game that is how you you know you oh. win Okay. In this game, um, as established by the rules on the on the scoreboard. Yes. So uh, I just want to lay that out there. I want to get that out first that really winning the game sure. is predicting your last pitch. So, okay. All uh, right. So I went first after uh, some teenage girls uh, threw before <laughs> me, and I was. I mean, like kids wearing braces. Like we were the yeah. oldest people there. It was, <laughs> it was kind of embarrassing. And uh, <laughs> I was a little worried. Yeah. They're touching the 30s. <laughs> I'm thinking I gotta be better than that. This whole thing started because of my top Your golf embarrassing performance. Yeah, yeah, where I touched, I hit 44. Yeah, uh, on the gun at the top golf suite. Yeah, uh, and so, well, you know, I exceeded expectations, but those expectations were low. Mm -hmm. I did do better than 44 miles per hour. Uh, I threw six pitches and I peaked. At a at a hot forty nine miles per hour. <laughs> That's what the peak was. Yeah, yeah. You're sitting in the in the in the high forties, forty seven, forty eight, yeah. and then when you really ramped it up. And obviously, like just just to make this clear, we will be posting these videos yeah, online. There is there is video documentation, so yeah. we will share this out. Um, but you looked great. Thank you. A uh, little uncomfortable. There was like a slight slant to uh, make it feel like you were a mount. It was a mount. Yeah. It was on a mount. Yeah. It was a rubber and everything. Yeah. yeah. It made it worse. Made it harder. For, that that was harder for you? Uh, yeah. My you, balance you... was all off. <laughs> okay. Uh, but we also yeah. had just ate. An entire pizza. Like, yeah. A full pizza. Yes. Uh, with like four toppings. Yes probably like a 20 inch pizza because it was a, a new york style like a thinner crust. forget about it hey, i'm walking you to eat my pie yeah uh so feeling good feeling loose we ate the entire pizza and we were like 12 minutes later we were yeah. in, we were at the pitch uh thing yeah so 
Uh, I hit a, a hot 49. Yeah. Um, but more importantly, I accurately predicted wow. my last pitch. And so I got a little, a little pack of cards here, um, which very impressive. We're all, I think we're all impressed. Yeah, you should be. Uh, please. Yeah. And so then after that, you went and I'll, I'll let you, you know, talk about your own performance. <sighs> I mean, there. obviously I went up there and I threw harder than you. I don't know what else there is to really say. Um, Surprising no one. <laughs> <laughs> I said it first. I was like, you're going, you're going to destroy yeah. me on this game. Yeah, I, I will say it was weird. Uh, the experience was weird in the sense that you're in this like very small cage and you're throwing to a target that's like what? 15 feet in front of you, which was kind of strange. Yeah. There was also a tiny little old man in a tiny little <laughs> chair in the corner yeah. who did not say a word to me. No, nothing. He just handed me baseballs and then gestured for me to pick them up after I threw them. Yeah. We had to do all the work. We had, will, to, you had to clean up after yourself. Which, which is fair, which yeah, is fair. Um, I mean, we're idiots. So like make yeah. us go. Also, up. I, he would toss the ball to you and I dropped one of them, <laughs> which was uh, a real, a real peak performance. Yeah. <laughs> we're athletes. Yeah. Um, but I think I maxed out at 69. Nice. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Um, I think I was sitting in the mid sixties. I honestly, after watching those kids throw, I was like, if I break 50, this is going to be great. You so, were sweating. You were really nervous. Get, getting into the sixties. Yeah. I was very happy about that. Yeah. I do think if I got back there, uh, I'm, I, I might, I might say it right now. I, I'm going to go back there this season. I think I can get into the seventies. Yeah. Um, but I felt pretty good about that. I will say one of those throws, I definitely like felt it from my elbow to my fingertips. Like, yeah, uh, I, I think that was probably when I hit 69. <laughs> like, <laughs> just throwing a little uh, like, I don't know. I, I like I, I think I feel fine now, but it was uh, yeah. I haven't felt that feeling in a long time. I felt old. Yeah, well, sure. Uh, personally, I feel like I'm never going to recover. Um, <laughs> TJ, for sure. Yeah, I need Tommy John under the knife. Yeah, it was. It was not great. I had intended on spending the last week uh, doing some degree of training for this, some sort of yeah. stretching, rotate, you know, uh, uh, stretching regiment. Yeah, those weighted sort of, balls. Yeah, yeah, you know, going to the backyard. And, right. and instead, I just ate pizza, tacos, and fried chicken. Um, <laughs> I took, like, what is it, like the John Lackey approach, you know? Like, uh, more like the John Daly approach. Weren't they, weren't they the ones eating fried chicken in the... Oh, in the, yeah, they were the... Uh, went Boston. Was, uh, yeah. they, they called themselves idiots or something like that. Yeah. 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 Drunk idiots. Drunk idiots. They like were that, eating yeah. fried chicken. Yeah, fried chicken and beer in the clubhouse. In the clubhouse, yeah. yeah. So I took that approach, yeah. and turns out not not effective. No. Though I did do better than I did at Top Golf. so... Well, yeah, you did. I will also say when I played the video back to Nate, he looked at the video and goes, wow, I'm moving slow. <laughs> <laughs> I felt like I was throwing as hard as I can. And I watched the video and it looks like I'm not even trying. <laughs> so I've got a, there's some disconnect between yeah. what I think I'm doing and what I'm actually doing. Oh, man, that, uh, you've never said a truer thing. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, that, yeah, I guess that's my whole life. Yeah. Is, I'm not doing what I think I'm right. doing. Uh, and nearly as effective as I think I am. But a peak confidence. Um, I, I could feel it. I was all in my upper half. I was not getting that, uh, the rotation in the bottom half, not yeah. using my legs. No, none of that. No, yeah, no. you weren't. Yeah. So, uh, but it was good. It was fun. Yeah, it was fun. We you know, did it. We did do it. We yeah. said we would, and we did it. And also, <laughs> I won because I accurately predicted my last throw. And if you go back and listen to the tape, it was it was about overall it, velo. They did not. No, yeah. uh, the rules of the game changed when there were uh, rules to the game okay. on the on the wall. And so, yeah, I did think you, maybe I should pitch to you. Did you throw twenty miles per hour faster than me? <laughs> with seemingly uh, 
like a third of the effort that I thought I was giving. Yeah. Yes. But you know what? That's fine. Okay. I'm a winner. All right. Well, at least we did that. And that's yeah. closed. I think next year, I'm going to call it out right now. Next year, there's a home run challenge at the ballpark that's yeah. right next to the fast pitch. And I think we'll have to re-up the competition. Yeah. Yeah. I'll be back next year yeah. and we'll definitely do that. Yeah. I, I don't know what what the I, I don't know what Bush has. I think probably the same stuff. Yeah. So if you make it out to St. Louis for a game, maybe we'll we'll look at that yeah. too. And I'll win that too. But yeah, probably. (laughs) (laughs) I know I'm not. Damn it. (laughs) Um, So yeah, so uh, I I head back tomorrow, but it's been a great time. The series turned out to be good, uh, but I had a moment when uh, I I landed in the, uh, at Denver airport and I was walking through and I heard a guy on the phone say to someone, uh well it's already he goes well shit it's day one and this whole thing's already off the rails and that's kind of how i was feeling about the cardinals for a little bit <laughs> yeah um uh, but feel a little better after uh today's game and you know yesterday's game um and mostly we at least have one thing that is like unequivocally awesome yeah. and fun as a cardinal fan and we got to see uh you know three steps in it which is the the Jordan Walker um hit streak yeah uh which he is now at 12 uh after today it's uh, it's hard to kind of undersell how awesome this is uh like and i also like i guess to pre counter an uh, argument against what we're witnessing it's like yeah, is a hit streak that meaning streak that meaningful? Is he just getting lucky in certain places? Like, does it is there like inherent value in hitting game after game? I think that there is. I think there. Like, I don't know. I get either side, but either way, he's doing it in so many different ways, which I right. think is amazing. He's slapping the ball to the other way. He's hitting laser beams out of the ballpark today on Wednesday when uh, we're recording. Hit the hit that he had that broke the cycle was a broken bat single up the middle. Um, which just speaks to like, oh, he's so strong and so in the zone and so good at what he does that even if it is bad contact, even if the bat is getting broke, he can still get singles. Like maybe this kid's going to hit 300 for a long time when you watch that kind of skill set. It's just impressive. He's got wheels. He's got, I mean, it's just everything you want to see from him. We were talking to a Braves fan today at the game. Give the kid the Ronald Acuna Jr. uh, extension right right now. now add some on it. it's been a few years since it like whatever whatever you gotta do to to keep them in house we see it it's it's the trend in baseball now make him at 20 years old a hundred millionaire 130 140 whatever it is yeah you know light him up with cash yeah. generational wealth <laughs> get it yeah. uh we've seen enough uh, right. honestly i think we have like yeah. you know you never know you know but uh what also stood out to me is is like what we're seeing is what the value of uh, exit, like measuring exit velocity yeah. and understanding how hard someone is hitting the ball. Uh, Cause that's where those hits are coming from. Like the one that you talked about today, uh, he's hitting the ball so hard that even when he has a negative launch angle, uh, he he's still turning it into hits and he's got the speed also to beat out some of those ones that may not be a hit for a slower person. Uh, I can't imagine what it's going to be like when he starts to actually consistently barrel the ball 
feel like the ball is just going to get pulverized. You know, it's going to be like Sandlot. Yeah. Where the, the cover, like literally the cover of the ball is going to, is going to tear off. I, I, I really, I think we said this a, a week or two ago, but I really do think he is going to really quickly be in those Giancarlo Stanton, Aaron Judge, O'Neill Cruz type exit velos with like in the high teen or one teens and, and low one twenties. Uh, very, very soon. It seems almost inevitable. He just has to like really get behind the ball. I think if memory serves, I'd have to look this up. I don't think he has barreled a ball yet um, by the technical definition yeah. of a barrel, which is a hit above. I think it's above 95 at 26 to 30 degree launch angle. I might be making that up. I don't know, but it's somewhere in there. Um, so obviously you can like hit a home run without technically barreling it, but Obviously, that is the the best desired contact, and he he's doing all this without barreling. He has a ten is a ten game a ten game hitting streak, twelve, 12 game hit, yeah. twelve game hitting streak yeah. without barreling a ball and a couple of home runs. It's it's incredible. Yeah, yeah, he's definitely gonna be up there with your Aaron Judges, your John Carl Stantons, your Taylor Motters. Yeah, you know the people really lead the league <laughs> in exit velocity. Motters been great. He, he's doing fine, and if if you don't know what I'm talking about. Uh, he he's still, I believe. Uh, that can't I've, be true. Still, I haven't looked at it in a couple of days, but at least a couple of days ago, he still had in the top five hardest hit balls of the season, uh, with one of the doubles he hit earlier in the season. So, um, I'm baseball savanting right now. So I'm I'm I, if this is still true, I'm shocked. But. Yeah. Um, also, Jordan Walker, like we see it on TV, uh, and you, you kind of get a sense of it. But I will say, being in person. And Ben and I had some uh, some really good seats through the whole series, but we really uh, one of the nice things about Coors Field is that you can get two tickets behind home plate. Uh, you know, we were about six, seven rows back. Those two tickets cost less than a single ticket for those seats would have cost in Bush Stadium. Yeah, so we're, we were able to get uh, you know pretty close. Your fifth row today. Yeah, it was great. It was great, uh, and seeing Jordan Walker up close, man, he's a big boy. Yeah, he is. Uh, and we, we were, we were watching replays in the game. We were not in the standard broadcast, uh, but the, the man who was directly in the seat <laughs> to the left of me was <laughs> big guy, big red shirt, big red shirt. So yeah. You, you're watching the game, watching replays and you see that guy. I'm sort of like tucked in <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, behind him. Yeah. Great. Super nice. We were, we were surrounded by Cardinal fans. This Cardinals fans like crazy. The whole, yeah. all three games. Yeah. And, and that's pretty standard for these series, yeah. but I would have expected it's only the second week of the season. Uh, I thought maybe there would still be a contingent of Rocky fans yeah. dominating the, the crowd. And don't get me wrong. There were, there were a fair amount of yeah. Rockies fans, but it was probably 50-50 yeah. uh, Cardinal to Rockies. Hey, Jordan Walker got a standing ovation for extending his hit streak. Yeah. Like full-on standing yeah. ovation. For, like an extended one. Like yeah. a couple of minutes. Um, it was awesome. At, <laughs> at a, you know, uh, an away ballpark, which is insane. But yeah, I mean, that's kind of how it is. Like that, especially if a team with a good fan base comes through Denver, that's who you're going to see here. When the, Like that's why I don't go to Dodgers games when they come here is because LA is a little too strong. Yeah. Um, but no, it kind of makes it fun with, it makes it fun when you're on the rooting side. When I go to every other game, the Cardinals aren't playing and I'm on the Rocky side. It can be, a, it wears you out a little bit, but you know. yeah. Yeah. Not a great team. No, uh, that, that should be said on top of all this. Like, I'm so happy the Cardinals bounce back. 
Um, but the Rockies are pretty pathetic from a position player group standpoint. And um, the pitching isn't much, isn't good either. Uh, so I'm happy they were able to slug it out and kind of like dirge through this series. The wins were much needed, but yeah. the games we were, just did not look crisp. We were feeling pretty bad. Uh, so Cardinals get trounced yeah. pretty much game one. Uh, and then game two, uh, you know, halfway through the game, we were feeling pretty bad, yeah. pretty low. Yeah, uh, it wasn't great. Not great. But Cardinals turn it around, put up nine runs in the second game, which was a ton of fun. Yeah. Uh, Gorman go ahead home run. And then today's game, uh, similar thing, although the Cardinals were essentially leading for the majority of the game. Uh, but Rockies come back. Gorman yet again has a go ahead home run. And we walked out of there feeling much better, at least for the Cardinal offense. Um, the pitching, we still have a lot to talk about. Yeah. So why, why don't we why don't we jump in here and and talk about the the week more broadly? Because yeah. we had the the Cardinals take two of three from the Rockies uh, in cores, which Rockies aren't good, but the offensive environment, you never know, right? They do have some boppers. Um, but they also lose one or two of three to the Brewers in Milwaukee, which is another stadium and another environment where if you're in the middle of the season, losing a series against the Brewers at home, you're not going to like it, but you're also, it's pretty easy to hand wave it away. Yeah. Uh, right now it, it felt like a continuation of a lot of trends. It felt particularly bad. Feeling a little bit better about after the Rocky series, but still, it's a pretty bad team. So, uh, I think we wanted to start by talking about the pitching. It's really the the where I think most of the problems are coming from. Uh, so, jumping into the pitching, we like to be a we're a positive show. We like to talk about the positives more right. than the negatives. So, I do want to start with talking about Jordan Montgomery. Finally. Cardinals get a quality star. We get a deep run by a starter who just looks good end to end. He has a, a a stellar start against the Milwaukee Brewers. Yeah, I mean, he got to a point in that game where he was just striking people out at will, which yeah. was great to see. I mean, we've talked ad nauseum about how the Cardinals starting pitching problem and pitching problem in general is that they don't strike people out. So seeing Jordan Montgomery get into a groove against, I mean, their offense is fine. Yeah. It's not a great offense. The Cardinals offense should be much better, um, but they have boppers on there and, and guys that are tough to get out. And Willie Adamas is continues to, I think, do everything really, really well for them. Yeah. And man, the Brewers should extend him, but I don't think they're going to. Um, yeah. But seeing him be able to, it, I mean, it's it's when he's locating both, both fastballs on either side of the plate and then he comes with the, the change in the breaking stuff. Obviously, like, I, I don't think I'm, breaking any news, but that's when he's pitching well and seeing him be able to bore that fastball in on right handers and then get the K's away with soft stuff has me feeling very, very excited. And the Cardinals and the the Cardinals starting rotation and bullpen need more starts like that to help them out. And, and for, I, I guess you, if I was a betting man, maybe I would have bet that it would have taken this long for the Cardinals to get their first quality start because the pitching is the way that it is, but I, I don't want to talk about a positive thing and end up being negative, but a little to do a little bit of that. Like, I think what's been so frustrating about the Cardinal starting pitching is not 
the, they are gaining or uh, they're getting hit around a little bit. It's that they are getting hit hard and the defense is unable to make plays on the balls because they are being hit so hard and so right. often. Like you have to, if you're not going to strike guys, guys out a lot, you have to induce weak contact. And if you're not doing either of those, it looks like what we've been watching, which has been very frustrating. Right. To wrap that all around, <laughs> Montgomery was doing both. Yeah. He was striking people out and getting limited or uh, at weak contact. So it, that was much needed. I think uh, it, like he will far and away be the most productive pitcher for the Cardinals this year. That or that's the most likely outcome, at least. Which is and what seeing we, that is good. Yeah, which is what we thought, right? Like, I mean, it's, it's what the Cardinals thought. Yeah, I think going into this season, I would have said it's probably a coin flip between Michaelis and Montgomery on who will have the best season. Uh, but we were all hopeful it was Montgomery because it felt like Montgomery still had a next tick up. Yeah, and Michaelis, uh, you know, we know what he is, right? He's been in the league for a long time at this point. And we're really just looking for a repeat of 2022. Yeah. And if he just does that and is the best pitcher on the team, you're probably not super happy. So we were hoping that uh, Montgomery would take a step up and really be the best pitcher on the team and hopefully get extended. Uh, And we saw that against the Brewers at their stadium. You know, he definitely looked like the best pitcher on the team. Yeah. Like realistically, Montgomery makes the most sense to, to take that tick up like you're talking about. And then Jack, if he can get things figured out, which thank goodness he had a good start today, man. Um, (laughs) We were both after, you know, Matt's got lit up and then Michaelis got lit up. um, And after what Flaherty has done in the first two starts, was feeling pretty nervous going into the game today and uh you know still not great not that not the jack that we truly want and know is possible but i would say a good step forward uh the walks were down uh you know strikeouts were up and it looked better so uh really wild start for for flaherty you know it's like it's it's a weird combo where he's managed to put in some innings, go a little bit deeper into games, but he's all over the place with walks. And so it feels like we're at a turning point where either Jack Flaherty is going to start getting crushed or he's going to make the adjustment, rein in that wildness a little bit, and maybe look like the Jack that we all think he could be. And today's start, we haven't gone back and watched any of the, like the highlights or anything. we were like got done re- from the game and we're recording. So, Immediately, yeah. You know, this is at least from from my eye. You know, it looked he looked a lot better. And you got great eyes. Known <laughs> um, <laughs> for your eyes. Uh, yeah. So Jack went five and a third today. And I think that the, what's most important one walk against six Ks. I will say though. Um, when we sat down and jerks and Profar hit a home run on the first pitch, I think we all just were like, I, I gotta Uh-oh. go get another curse. Yep. Like this, this is not going to be a great game. Um, but we, we kind of talked about this last episode and I do mean this, like I would much rather have Jack Flaherty have one walk again and five hits than six walks or seven walks or what right. else he's done. I'd rather him stay in the zone and get hit around a little bit and stay competitive and have opportunity for the strikeout yeah. than to do what he was doing. So I still think 
even though it's not the best start, even though it's only five and a third, that's still a huge step forward. Yeah. Um, and like all the cores things, all like cores is a hard place to pitch in. It produces a ridiculous amount of extra base hits. Uh, and he came in there and he had his best start of the season. That has to be a big red plus check mark, whatever the hell you want to call yeah. it. Like that's that's great. So, yes. Speaking of staying in the zone, we accomplished a life goal today. We both yelled at Angel Hernandez. <laughs> so that was fun. Yeah. And we're close enough. I know he's zoning it out. Yeah, he doesn't care, but it matters to me. I think he cares. He heard us. This he, is a, a regional podcast host yelling at him. I mean, how do you not take that? I home? did scream. Do you know who I am? Do you know who I am? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then the usher tried to kick us out of our seats for yeah. like the fourth time. Yeah. And then Nate also said, do you know who do I you am? Know who I'm? Strict enforcement here. Oh, at, yeah. At Coors. Uh, there the, the, was an overzealous usher who kind of looked like Kurt Russell. Yeah. Who really didn't believe anyone should have been in the seats that they should, that they were in. I know. I mean, I, I get it. You look at us and. Yeah. It makes sense. Yeah. But like, these bags of slop get into these seats. Yeah. Um, yeah, they, they are aggressive at Coors Field. I will say if you're coming out here for some reason, be ready to be, I don't know. It's just not like any other ballpark I've been to. I'll say that. Which is funny when 60% of the seats are empty. <laughs> like, what are you, who are you protecting? <laughs> you know? I, yeah. I don't know. I, I've been, <laughs> I've been told to not put my feet on the railing so many times. Like, they're very weird here. Yeah. I don't. Yeah, they're keeping it keeping it pristine. Thank goodness they yeah. got those trees yeah. out there. You got to keep um, those looking nice. Uh, we sat near Dick Monfort uh, last <laughs> yeah. night, um, uh, and a hero, yes, a hero who was sitting next to us yelled at Dick Monfort, who was ten feet from us, "Sell the team, Dick." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we had a couple of guys that were had a couple of beverages yeah. behind us, and they were they were having a great time. I don't disagree. Yeah, Dick no. should sell the team. He should sell the team. Um, uh, oh, uh, Dinger, the Triceratops mascot, ran yeah. into me. Yes, or maybe probably more accurately, I ran into I, him. I but, would believe that more. Yeah. yeah. So that was fun. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's talk about Stephen Matz for a second. Yeah. Uh, so got touched in game one. Ooh. Yeah, he did of the series against the Rockies. Uh, but uh, we'll talk about some of the underlying numbers here, but like of the starting pitchers that are struggling a little bit, he's the one that I'm least worried about. I, yeah, like I, I'm not saying there's nothing to worry about, but it, it, they're like watching it. I still feel like he has his stuff is there. He's getting strikeouts. I don't he's want to, not walking people. He's not walking people. Not not anything out of the ordinary. Uh, I think he's still looking good. We looked it up. Uh, this is a pretty interesting number. His BABIP, batting average on balls in play. So when uh, when the opponent puts the ball in play, it was nearly 500. Uh, so he's getting a little unlucky. And incredibly small sample sizes, only, what, 10 innings? Like that amount of luck is going to really skew things. Uh, his XFIP expected uh, fielding independent uh, is like 3.4 ERA. 
So not like he, you know, if everything had gone exactly right, he's still mid three ERA. So it's not like I'm saying he should be crushing it right now, but I feel like he's the one that needs to make the least amount of adjustments, yeah. the least amount of change. Yeah. And I think like, well, a 500 Babbitt, that's like, I would run a 500 Babbitt if I was a pitcher in the big leagues, just because like they would half the time they would hit it to a fielder. Yeah. Um, like yeah. they would hit it every time, but half the time they would get out. Maybe they'd run a higher Babbitt on me. Um, but yeah, I think it's well, like you're throwing that cheese. That's oh, 69. Oh, oh, maybe <laughs> you didn't even show the machine your slider. I actually bet they would have a hard time hitting my fastball because it would be so slow. It would be hitting them yeah. half the time. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it, like for a sinker ball pitcher to have a BABIP that high with the level of defense that he has behind him is absolutely insane. And that will normalize. I do think what is... Uh, a little more frustrating is that we were looking at his baseball savant page the other day and looking at his heat map for his sinker and his heat map is going or the sinker is riding high and inside to right-handed and high and outside uh, for left-handed pitchers. And like, I, I, obviously if you're a sinker ball pitcher, you need to live at the bottom of the zone. He has the, the heat, the 95 plus on the sinker to get a lot of guys out. But if you're throwing that ball, middle middle or middle up or middle in like that is the sweet spot and i think it's kind of a combination of all these things like get the sinker down which i think he will do he's done that for years and years um to varying levels of success um but like what once that starts happening and the babip starts normalizing i would not be surprised if this start this upcoming start or the start after that we see a much better looking steven Matz. but like just to turn it all the way around like He's his fastball has had good life on it. He isn't walking people. Um, he kind of lost his mind a little bit on the game that we were watching. It looked like he was about to punch a hole through a wall. Yeah, unhappy. Um, very unhappy. Yeah. Uh, so he cares. You know, you want to see it. You want to see it. You want to see it. I hope he's okay though. Yeah. <laughs> uh so we've talked about Montgomery, we've talked about Flaherty, we've talked about Mats, and and generally we're trying to take like a positive approach. But of course, if you're a, a Cardinal fan out there, you're probably not super happy with where the Cardinals are right now. And I don't want to like hide that or pretend that there's not, uh, there aren't problems. Um, but like to me, the only starting pitcher right now that I am a little actually worried about is Michaelis. Uh, we saw CJ Crone, <laughs> uh, what was that? 480 feet dead center. I, I on, like he hit the concourse. If you know, course field at all, he basically hit the Todd Helton grill, which is a mile away from home plate. I, I am pretty sure the only time I've seen a ball hit there was during the home run derby. Yeah. Uh, it was a bomb. Yeah. And, uh, Miles it could not have come at a worse time. I yeah. Dead center. Flat, just, I mean, what else, like, you know, that's what happens, right? So pretty concerned about Michaelis. Uh, you know, it, I, I here's what I'm thinking. I think we need to start already. I think we need to start filtering in some other starts from some, some guys. I want to see Libertor. I want to see Libertor get yeah. a start. Well, I think... Well, first off, let's just get all the lefties we can, right? I love it. Yeah. Um, but there were reports of Libertor sitting, or not sitting, but hitting high 90s. I think I saw 98 in yeah. his last AAA start. Um, he's 
I mean, it seems pretty clear. He's made some meaningful adjustments. Yeah. Um, and if the Cardinals ran a bit of a six-man rotation, I think I'm fine with that That's for the good. most part. If yeah. Miles skips a start or somebody else skips a start and uh, he in uh, uh, Libertor takes over, I think I'm fine with that. I think the Cardinals are clearly in a place where they just need the best 26 men up. Um, and they're not worried about fudging with service time. Obviously, uh, Libertor has already been in the big leagues, but that would make a lot of sense to me. I just don't know, like, where do the pieces go right now? Who, who is going down if that yeah. were to happen? Um, obviously, we already have some kind of the the roster looks a little weird with Newton, uh, Packy being down, and and certain right. other guys being up for them. But um, I don't know. I. I I would love to see that. I think it's a great idea. I just don't know how the Cardinals machinations make that work right now. Yeah. It just seems to me like we need to, I know it's only two weeks in it's April guys are still building up strength. I mean, I feel it. I was only touching 49, uh, you know, but it's only April, right? I'm still building up that strength. still getting ready for the dog days of summer. Uh, but it feels like we need to go into that mode of mixing and matching we're we, we're not going to have a five man rotation that's every fifth day yeah. is exactly the same guy, uh, so let's not pretend otherwise and let's start uh, trying the hot hand. Uh, I, I know Wayno's coming back maybe soon though. Well, yeah, and I think what a question because how does old man Wayno ramp back up? Like, yeah. does he come? Does he start when he is? built up to 65 70 pitches or do they wait until he's got full season load because that's really going to depend and it might be they have libertor come up do a spot start if he dominates uh or has a productive game that to me or, or the way that i would kind of think through that problem is okay great this guy can come in and steal a start every once in a while wayno can take his time to get back to be full strength back to where he was before the WBC and come up when he's built up to 90 or hundred pitches or, or something yeah. around that, or when he's feeling good. Um, and I think Libertor could offer that luxury right now. I don't know if the Cardinals have that luxury. I think they're yeah. probably racing to get Wayno back. Speaking of Wayno, uh, he threw his second bullpen session on Saturday at Bush stadium. Uh, and Ollie said Wainwright, Wainwright threw 33 pitches and reported no problems with the groin strain. So, Clean bill of health. We'll see. He's old. Um, it could crop back up. So far, so good. Yeah. Um, before we move off the pitching, I just want to touch on the bullpen really quick. Uh, I, I feel like the bullpen is good and will be good. Um, this is an area of the pitching that I'm not worried about. I think it's right to be worried about Jordan Hicks. Um, but after that, uh, while there's been some inconsistency, to me, this is very. This is the normal April. Uh, we're seeing who's who's playing well. We're seeing who's clicking. People are, you know, knocking the dust off or the rust off or whatever. Um, Helsley's settling the down. Dust in the rust, knocking both that. You know, you got dusty rust. Uh, it's my new stage name. Cool, <laughs> <laughs> dusty rust. I like um, it. And we're seeing some settling. Verhagen is taking a step up. Like, I think there's more good yeah. in the bullpen than bad. Stratton is looking good. Uh, Helsley back-to-back games, which was kind of surprising. Uh, you know, he's he's given up a few hits, but still nothing too alarming. Gallegos has been looking good. 
Palante was okay today. It was a little surprising that he came in when he did, but he got the ground ball. It just uh, it was hit too soft for the double play, yeah. which tied the game. Not like his fault. Yeah, it all like the bullpen is looking like we expected it to other than Jordan Hicks. But even that you might've said it was kind of expected that he's going to be all over the place. Uh, so I think we have a good bullpen. We'll have a good bullpen. Uh, Got to settle what this starting rotation is looking like. Jack maybe taking a step forward today is a huge uh, step forward. So that was a good line. Jack taking a step forward is a huge step forward. Wow. You can tell we've been in the sun drinking yeah. beers today. <laughs> I, I, I think I'm a little stuck Yeah. Why do you people live here? Why do you people live here? <laughs> um, yeah, you know, I wonder. Uh, so I agree. I And I think uh, Chris Stratton's been a nice little bonus. Like, he, he's kind of one of those guys that's like unsung hero in the bullpen. But him him pitching well is really good. I, I'm really starting to be on the mode of Jordan Hicks needs to go down and figure things out. Yeah. Well, we it's, haven't even really seen him much. We haven't seen him much. Obviously, he is trying to figure things out. But I think what you said is with Verhagen being relevant, that that is huge. And Andre Pallante, um, his role in the bullpen seems to sort of be showing itself a little bit more as kind of like... We know he's got reverse splits. He's coming in against lefties and he's right. coming in to get ground balls. And it's crazy to me that a guy who throws mid to high nineties with a crazy breaking ball is like a lefty ground ball specialist, but right. that's how the results are. And that seems to be how they're using him. But and I think is a big, that's a big, like a team needs that. Oh, right? absolutely. Yeah. Uh, how, how many outs did Seth Manis get for two I was or thinking three about years? him, Matt Bowman. Yeah. You know, um, there's, Mike Matheny killed Matt Bowman. Plus, up to him. Yeah, he had like eighty games one year. It's he, didn't he leave the league in appearances one year? It, it might have been two years in a row. Yeah, um, yeah. A rule five pick who got used, abused, and gone. And tall. Yeah. yeah. Um. But yeah, like I, I think you said, Zach Thompson, Henesis Cabrera has looked good in like his very yeah, we very saw him in person. It was great. Yeah. Um. What I what I thought was interesting about Henesis was that he was not hitting. 98 he was hitting like 95 and he was being effective so i'm right. curious to see if that is the approach going forward i, I mean the guys yeah. the guys he he is one of those guys kind of like hicks where it's like buddy if you took that down 10 percent, it's still some of the nastiest stuff yeah. in the league when um, we saw it when he was oh, when yeah. he was the setup man like unhittable at yeah. times um so all, all that to be said like I agree. The bull said all that be said. Um, like I, that's my catchphrase. I always say that. <laughs> um, the Cardinals bullpen, they do have enough where they could there there could be some movement in there. They could make some some changes if they needed to. But I, I think I generally agree with you. There's not anything pressing there. Um yeah. my big question is what is Jake Woodford going to do in his next start? Uh, and will that determine if yeah. he's going down and maybe a Libertor's coming up or, or who knows what. Yeah. It was like, I agree. Jake Woodford earned the job. Absolutely. It just hasn't been there. Right. But it's also been a small sample size. Still. Super small. I think he's only got nine innings thrown. He should be starting against the pirates, which I think will be a good test. We're going to talk about the series coming up here on the back half of the show. But uh, while the pirates are looking surprisingly fun, you still would expect uh, a Cardinal pitcher to do well against them. So 
this will be a big test. And and I, I'm all for giving him his time, nine innings. The thing with Jake Woodford is he has never gotten his shot, it feels like. Right. And so the last thing I want to do is for him to finally get his shot and to be removed from the role after, you know, 10 innings or so. Um, but when you have a guy like Libertor that seems ready, uh, I'm also a fan of giving that guy a shot too. Yeah. Well, and I think like if Miles, Jordan, Steven, Mats, and Jack Flaherty can go five, six, seven innings with giving up limited runs, then you can be, you, you feel fine about throwing Woodford out there right. and saying, Hey, uh, you know, pa- uh, not Packy, but uh, uh, Zach Thompson has your back today, or Verhagen right. has your back today, or whatever. Like, give us what you got. We'll take you out when you're when you're losing it. Um, it's just it's a lot harder to do that when the other starters aren't performing. Yeah, when your bullpen's not rested, right. you need yeah. Uh, Zach Thompson, another guy that I'm feeling really good about. We have been for like a year and a half now, but uh, seeing it this year too. I mean, he's filthy. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's it's hard not to like what that guy brings. Yeah. Uh, lefty throw in high 90s. Oh, yeah. Um, so that's our take currently on the pitching. You know, it, we're not saying that the, the, this, there aren't problems up and down this team. Um, obviously, the results show that. Uh, but I would urge, uh, at least a little bit of a, a, uh, a little bit of patience as, yeah. as some of this still settles and we get out of this incredibly small sample size. But, um, of course, it's been a rough start to the season for the Cardinals and a series win against the Rockies does not change that, but hopefully it's a step in the right direction. Uh, let's talk about the hitting a little bit. The part of the team that I think is the most easy to be excited about. Um, we talked about Jordan Walker for a little while. Uh, we've been, we, we, I mean, we got to talk about Nolan Gorman. My right? goodness. Like talk about Gormania. I mean, I need to go to a hospital. I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm sweating, and it's not just because I'm so close to the sun. Um, we saw two go-ahead home runs. Yes. One of them an opposite field home run. Gorman's got to be in the lineup every day at this point. I, he, I mean, I, I don't believe this, but he is the best hitter on the Cardinals right now. Like. It, like this very second. Obviously, I don't think he's better than Goldie or Arenado. Yeah. But... Goldie is quietly continuing his MVP, oh, yeah. you know, and or Arenado also had a clutch home run yeah. and three run double. But yeah. but like what Gorman is doing is what it, it's always you're always more excited about the new guy. Of course, you know, Goldie and Arenado are doing what you want them to do. And they're the core of the lineup. Gorman coming into the year is like we think there's an adjustment. He's been this big prospect. He's been overshadowed by Jordan Walker, though. Uh, what's this? This felt like a make or break year for Nolan Gorman as far as a a spot on the lineup, let to alone be a regular on yeah, the Cardinals. To be a regular, yeah, right. Yeah. Um, he's been the center of trade rumors for a while now. It just felt like, is he actually a guy? Is he the guy right. or is he not? And sure seems like right now, I'm ready to call him a guy. Yeah. And, I mean, having a second baseman with this kind of offensive profile is just like the most fun potential outcome. Yeah. Um, and he's clutch. I think the numbers I want to bring up really quick is is four little numbers uh, or simple numbers, I guess I mean to say. Oh, four little numbers. <laughs> I guess they're, they're little because the season's so early. Um, but Nolan Gorman has four home runs, seven walks, 
eight strikeouts. Um, that right there, right. I mean, if yeah, he that's... is walking, if he is striking out even close to as much as he is walking, and he still has power, I mean, uh, he could be the third or fourth best hitter on this team really, really quickly. If he can keep that together, if he can stay within his game, which is super hard to do, and the league is about to readjust to Nolan right. Gorman, which is going to be really difficult. But the which fact... is what separates exactly. the, the real productive the guys who sustain it are the ones who can make adjustments because and, and so we've seen gorman was bad at the high heat yeah and he made an adjustment so now we're gonna see how does the league adjust to his adjustment him being able to handle the high heat okay can he still handle the down and away stuff can he still take it manage it inside small sample size right now yes but we'll see uh but right now at least been a ton of fun and having him down there batting sixth seventh i mean that we, we talked about going into this season cardinals have an incredibly deep lineup and having gorman and walker and then what we saw from tyler o'neill today i mean this is the bread and butter of this team right is that you've got uh 25 to 30 home run power up and down the lineup and if they're not power guys they're hopefully on base guys like your Donovans, uh, you know, right now your walkers and, and, and things like that. It, it, it hasn't shown itself. The Cardinals have had a lot of bad luck as far as sequencing and, and, and uh, hits with runners in scoring position, but there's not a lot of control you have around that. All you can do is control your approach. And uh, I, I see no reason to not feel as hyped, if not more hyped for this Cardinal offense. Yeah. Uh, after these first two weeks um and one quick note i wanted to bring up on gorman before we move on is so what he's doing is amazing right um but i think what also is crazy so obviously the high fastball was his issue um he's made an adjustment to that he is slugging 600 this early uh early this season yeah. on fastballs which is crazy pretty good um but i also think what is what is equally nuts is that last year obviously obviously far more played appearances and events to look at on breaking balls in 2022, he had a slug of 493 and on off speed, a slug of 527. So usually a guy will come up and he'll crush fastballs and have trouble with the slow stuff and the, and the breaking stuff or, or the reverse of that or whatever. Yeah. But the fact that he already was hitting breaking balls and off speed pitches and is now made a real adjustment to hitting the fastball, like, it, these, I, 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 these are real changes that we can really get excited about. Yeah. And like, there's going to be like, like I said, there's going to be another change and it's going to be harder, but that is huge right there. Yeah. Going into the season, we were called, we were saying, uh, you know, is, is a Schwarber the right comp for a Nolan Gorman going to strike out a ton, uh, low batting average, but going to hit 30 to 40 bombs. And we were both super happy with that. Type oh yeah. Of comp. Uh, super small sample size. We can't reiterate that enough. Yeah. But right now, that comp does not feel accurate anymore. Yeah. Um. You know, he's hitting the ball hard. He's hitting it in multiple directions. He's not striking out as much. Um. Yeah. I mean, know, it, what's prettier than a left-handed power hitter going opposite field? Like it's yeah. just. Yeah. Yeah. It's just great. Uh. So we're we're obviously super hyped on Gorman. Still, we we were. Our, the title of our episode last week was about Gorman, and he's continued it this week. 
and it just makes this lineup so much better. Yeah. Uh, I'm wondering if we're going to see a, a switch in the lineup uh, sometime soon to get some of these guys that are crushing in the bottom half up into the top half. Um, Tommy Edmond has been a little concerning, though he had a great leadoff home run in uh, in one of the games this week. And Brennan Donovan has been kind of in a weird spot, though he's looked better the past couple games. Uh, I, I'm just curious if we see a, a Walker up higher. Do we see a Gorman up higher? Uh, how long do we stick with Wilson in the five spot before we put yeah. someone, even like a Tyler O'Neill, who had a, a huge bomb today? Um, I'll, I'll, we were kind of talking about this a little bit over the over these three games, but if I had my druthers right now, I think I would have still have Brandon Donovan at the top, although little curious about the adjustments he made and seeing how that kind of plays itself out and would really like him to keep his on base thing. Um, but moving Goldie back up to two and putting Nolan at three yeah. and then putting some combination of Gorman, Tyler Walker behind that. Um, obviously you got to find a spot for Wilson Contreras as well. Um, who has had a admitted very slow start to the season. Yeah. Um, he is by like far and away, the least productive Cardinals uh, starter right now with an OPS plus of 40. Yeah. Um, Tyler O'Neill's rocking the 75. He's just not hitting the ball hard. He's just not hitting the ball hard. And I, I can't tell you how, over this series, this three games that we've watched, obviously in person and, and intently, um, we saw Nolan uh, Arenado get walked on four balls straight. Wilson Contreras comes up and gets out in the first pitch. Like right. it should, the approach isn't there. That being said, it would make sense to me that a catcher who is focusing on his defense and a new pitching staff starts the season slow. Yeah. I'm not worried about Contreras uh, big picture. I think that when we get to the end of the season, will he will be what he has been uh, his, you know, the back of the baseball card numbers or whatever will, will look good. Um, I do wonder if it would make sense right now to adjust the lineup, to play the hot hand a little bit. Yeah. I don't want to overstate these conversations because lineup, man, you know, lineup uh, construction is the easiest thing to get mad at as yeah. a fan, and also one of the things that has like the least amount of uh, like real impact or, yeah. or real like you can never truly know if you were right or wrong about right. how your lineup uh, construction worked. Um, but it would make sense to me right now in this current moment to swap out Contreras for someone else until he's hitting the ball harder and is yep. returning to what we know he will be uh, and just capitalize on the Gorman, yeah. um, you know, the, the hot hand of Gorman. Uh, we've Ali has been pretty good at, at mixing and matching the lineup. I know they came into the sa season saying the one thing we know is three, four, five. Yeah. And I respect that. I appreciate it. I, it feels a little narratively, but narrative thing, but that's something that enough people have talked about that like consistency in a lineup matters for some people that I am like, I I'm willing to just uh, believe it, you know, and move on. Um, but I, I think it's, we're, we're getting closer to the point where Contreras should probably be dropped. Uh, yeah. I'll, it's interesting. It'll be interesting to see what they do with Walker. Uh, Cause there's so many different arguments on like, they're doing what is a very classic thing you do with prospects. Put them in the seven, put them in the eight. No pressure. No pressure. Yeah. Just let it run, you know. But 
he's hitting the he's doing so well that I just want to see him in I know. in in better situations, more RBI type situations, uh, just more at bats. Frankly, you know that was today uh, with being in the eight spot. We were a little worried that he wouldn't even get the fourth at bat situation to continue his streak. And like that wouldn't be a big thing at the top of the lineup. Not that the streak matters, but more just getting his bat more right. chances to play. Uh, yeah, I don't know. We'll yeah. see. Yeah, I think the, I, I agree with what you're saying about both of Wilson Contreras' situation and Jordan Walker's situation. I think the one adjustment that I would like to see. Um, and again, I don't really have any complaints about this offense. They're they're, they're playing yeah. well. It's just that timeliness of everything. Yeah, I do really like the idea of the pitcher having to face, guaranteed having to face Goldie and Nato in the first yeah. inning. That's just kind of like that sounds tough to me. <laughs> like well, that, and it, it, I, I kind of love it. It's pretty standard uh, understanding in advanced analytics and sabermetrics that the third spot in the lineup is one of the least productive spots in the lineup uh, in, in the top five. It's like the worst spot to put one of your best hitters as far as uh, run driving opportunities. Yeah. Um, the, my, the simplest way I've always understood it is that of the top five positions, uh, the third position comes to the plate with runners on the fewest amount of times. And so, and that's strictly because inning one, uh, you get a, the first two guys get out and you're coming up two outs, nobody on. Right. That happens enough that it skews it to make the third position, the least valuable position. And uh, so you want your best hitter in the two spot is sure. the, is the general consensus. I'm fine with all the other arguments. You know, this is, there's the mathematic side to it. There's a lot of other arguments around it. Um, but the Cardinals have followed this in the past. Let's not forget Goldie batted in the two spot for the majority of last year. Right. So they had done this before. I would also like to see that return. Uh, I would like to see maybe a, a Goldie in the two and then one of these other younger guys in the three and keeping Arenado at four, I think would be interesting. Although your argument of every game starts with Goldie and Arenado back to back, no matter what, it's hard to argue with. It's, it's fun. Especially if Donovan's rocking a near 400 on base right. percentage, Goldie's rocking a near 400 on base percentage and Arenado, like it's, it's just a tough way to start the game. But yeah, I, I think, yeah, we, we could cut this up in a thousand different yeah. ways. Also breaking up the uh, righty lefty combo. Um, yeah. I, I, I would, uh, or, or breaking up the righty 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 uh, is something I'd be interested in. Um, that being said, like obviously Nato and Goldie don't really have problems against lefties or righties. So it, it's, they're good work. It doesn't really matter. Yeah. yeah. So Goldie, just be great at baseball and it's yeah, all works why, itself why out. Just get a couple more Goldies and Arenados. Yeah. Man, it's so fun to watch those guys. Uh, Goldie rocking a near, he, he, he went into today with a 500 OBP. And uh, then we saw Arenado, uh, you know, hitting bombs, a huge three run double in the second game yeah. of the series. Just like grinding that pepper. Yeah, they're bringing the pepper grinder back. Yeah. Uh, even with, without Newt, I don't know if he signed off from the injured list or not. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, so we're still feeling good about the Cardinal offense. Yeah. Uh, I think the, it, it all comes out of sequence. Not fun to be in last place, but the team is still good. Yeah. 
yeah, there things will normalize. Yeah. Um, we're not saying there aren't problems. We spent, I think, a lot of time talking about all the problems on the pitching. Uh, but the Cardinal offense is something that we should have a good time with all yeah. all summer long. Uh, anything else you want to talk about uh, with the with this last week of games and what's been working and not working? I just wish I could go see more Cardinals games. <laughs> I know, I know, a lot of fun. Yeah, um, cool. Well, we're going to talk about the next series and some stuff from around the league. Uh, but before we do that, we want to take a moment to remind everyone that this show is fan is listener supported. Uh, through Patreon. Yeah, we don't have fans. Yeah, no one. We're, we're listener supported. <laughs> we have patreon.com slash talking about birds. Uh, we, we really enjoy, we really love bringing this show to you every week. Uh, but, uh, you know, we'd be lying if we didn't say like the, the support that you give us is, is needed and really helps expand the show and really, you know, just really reinforces our ability to bring this every week. So if you enjoy the show, you want to support us, uh, Patreon, all of our tiers are very low, except for our build a wit tier. We just need one person. Do it. We, we just need one person, 1.5 million a month, just one time, and we'll cancel the show. That's we'll all stop. we're asking yeah. for. Uh, but anyway, uh, consider supporting the show financially, patreon.com slash talking about birds as the patreon grows we also want to bring more things to the patreon we're talking about other things we can do to expand this show uh but we want to you know see it grow more before we get to that point uh so consider joining uh anyone who does gets access to our private discord we call it the bird scored we we're, we're having a great time in there we got our fantasy baseball league going uh, ben had a first place. Let's go. Yeah, one weekend. Ben's in first, but we all know that's going to end soon. Uh, he's bad. And uh, yeah, it's just a nice place to be. Good people enjoying Cardinal baseball together. Yep. Uh, follow the Cardinals in a way you never have before this year. Get in the bird scored. Be a part of it. Wow. And if you can't do that, consider leaving us a review on your favorite podcast platform. It helps us show up uh, better in search functions and whatnot. Uh, Ben, if people want to find us online in another other ways, where else can they? Uh, how how else can they find us online? Yeah, make sure to follow us on Twitter at Talk About Birds. Follow us on Instagram at Talking About Birds. Uh, you can email us any questions, thoughts, um, challenges, and fast pitch fast pitch competitions <laughs> to talkaboutbirds at gmail.com. Uh, we also have a TikTok. Follow us on TikTok. Check us out there. We're doing stuff. Maybe we'll put some of the pitching footage up there probably should yeah um i also want to say that if you prefer to listen to us on spotify you can find us there follow the pod on spotify um and if all that is too much you can check out talkingaboutbirds.com easy way to find all the crap i just listed uh rather than searching all those but just go to talkingaboutbirds.com uh and click our links We've got a website now, talkingaboutbirds.com. Talkingaboutbirds.com. How good is that? <laughs> Why else would anyone ever have that? I, domain? We, I Google talking about birds and it's like, bird, what what are bird watchers called? The, the birders? Birders. Yeah, it's yeah. a bunch of birder stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's actually our second time owning talkingaboutbirds.com. We owned it back in like 2014 and yeah. I let it lapse because the show stopped. Yeah. But uh, we're back. We're back, baby. Yeah. Somehow nobody picked up that I domain know, name. I know. Uh, yeah, so thank you all to all of our listeners and everyone who has supported this show. We truly appreciate it. Yeah. Um, 
All right, so Cardinals have a four-game series against the Pirates coming up. Yeah. Uh, this, I don't want to, test isn't the right word for it. No. But I think it's fair to say the Cardinals have had a very challenging opening two weeks. The only bad team we've played was here in Coors Field. Which is always tough. Which is always tough. This is the first team that I would say in the first environment that I would say is should be bad. Yeah. And it's a four game set. So you've yeah. got, to, you'll, we'll see the, we'll basically see the full run of the team. Everything will be on display here. Now, that being said, Pirates are off to a fun start. They are. They're doing well. No one believes it to be sustainable, but in baseball, anyone can win any game and the hot, hot streaks are real. And so they're looking like a fun young team. Yeah. They have dealt with a major injury. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But how are you feeling about the this upcoming series against the the, the Pirates? Well, yeah, let's let's talk about the good first. And the good is Mitch Keller is having a really good start to the season. Yeah. Annoyingly, Johan Oviedo has had a really <laughs> well, we good start to the that, season. Right? I mean, we, we, everyone is familiar with Johan, but we know the fastball is really great. Um, and the big change this year, it seems like he's tightened his slider up a little bit and he's throwing yeah. it a little bit harder and it's staying in the zone and it's nasty. Yeah. Um, we, we said it when the Cardinals traded for Quintana. Yeah. We said, like, this is going to be a frustrating trade for the Cardinals long term. Yes. Uh, I think no matter what, we can say the trade was a win, uh, or at least right now, you know, unless Oviedo becomes like a. Cy Young or whatever. See, Sandy but, Alcantara is yeah, all over the place. Quintana yeah, was wonderful for yeah. the Cardinals. And we would all, I think you make that trade every day. Yeah. But Oviedo, Oviedo looks good. Yes, he does. Yeah. Uh, they also have Rich Hill, who is Rich Hill, <laughs> uh, a.k.a. Dick Mountain. Yep. Um, and uh, Ronasi Contreras is hasn't had a great start, but that guy's got like, he's, he's got, got something special. He, yeah. he could be tough for a long time. And of course, they have on the back end David Bednar. So, I say all that to say that the, the pitching core is pretty solid. It's not great, yeah. but like Mitch Keller would be the two or three on yeah. the Cardinals probably. Low at least, but yeah, it he, is. You know, he, he would be, he'd, he'd be one of our better starters. Yeah. And, and then on the other side, unfortunately, like Nate alluded to, uh, big bad news. O'Neill Cruz is more than likely out for the year because of a very silly home plate collision mix up yeah. play that happened broke his ankle uh, I, I which is saying, bad for baseball yeah i think they're saying 10 to 12 weeks which is three months which is you know tell you what see, see a guy six seven coming back from an ankle that, injury yeah i think it's going to be hard coming there's yeah there's two different things here coming back is one thing and yeah. then coming back and being effective is yeah. another uh it is a huge bummer i mean and not just because he's huge um he is so big he he's like as a fan of baseball, we yeah. want guys like O'Neill Cruz crushing. We want him out there helping return the Pirates to yep. uh, a, a competitive level. We like the Pirates. They're one of my, they're probably my favorite team in the Central that's not the Cardinals. Agreed. Um, and so, like, it's a, it's a huge bummer. Obviously, on a up and down competition level, it, you know, it does hurt them. It's going to make, this series easier for the Cardinals, yeah. but we, we wouldn't, we would much rather just beat O'Neill Cruz and not have him. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, just again, just watching him play is a blast. Yeah, it's, a, it's so much fun. Uh, he's like 
John Carlos Stanton, but playing shortstop. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and McCutcheon is having a good start. McCutcheon has had a very hot start. He's got a 180 OPS plus. He seems to be recharged. He's doing that thing where he's hitting the ball hard sometimes. He's walking a lot. I think what's great is he's back in the field. And I think if you look at his stats and some of his baseball savant numbers, I think people would be surprised that he still has his legs. He still hits the ball hard. He still walks on a good clip. I, yeah. I would it. I think it'd be silly to bet against Andrew McCutcheon. It would not shock me. I don't think he's going to like be an all-star, but no. it would not shock me if he was a productive player all year. He's a candidate for comeback player of the year. To yeah. Me. Um, yeah. Healthy. He's back home, all that good stuff. Um, and then Brian Reynolds is having a, cra- I mean, he's a great player. He's a legit star. He's, he's having he, a crazy start to the yeah, season as well. He is. And he'd be a, he'd be a star on any big market team. Yeah. You know, he'd well, be a more when he gets straight to the yeah right oh well that is that's been the rumor yeah um but the pirates keep pretending that they're going to extend him which to be fair i I actually we were talking about the orioles uh I, I think we were we were talking with someone at one of these games we went to about the difference between uh like the rockies and the orioles and the orioles ownership just straight up says like we're gonna do bad things yeah <laughs> at least the pirates ownership is saying we want to extend our right. star you know whether they do or do not is is one thing, but it's nice for them to be acting yeah. like it. Pay him if you want to extend him. You can give him money. Yeah, there's actually a really simple solution yeah. to this problem. I'm sure there's a dollar amount that you can afford because you're a major league baseball yeah. team. Uh, uh, but yeah, he's having a great start. Uh, what's that? Uh, Bay. Uh, what's his first name? Jihuan Bay. Jihuan Bay. Huge walk off home run. Yep. Well, I love a bat flip. Yeah. Big bat flip. Uh, yeah, they're, they're a fun team. Yeah. They, you know? uh, they also, uh, G man Choi has had a slow start to the season. I think G man Choi is a very good left-handed hitter. Yeah. Um, so wouldn't be surprised if he kicks into gear here soon. Uh, and key Brian Hayes is a, he's had a super slow start, but he is maybe the best defensive third baseman in baseball and he's stealing bases. So they, there's talent there. Yeah. Um, they're still probably going to end the season in fourth place in the NL central. Yeah. But um, because the Cubs are looking pretty good, too. Right. Um, But they at least will hopefully be a fun brand of fourth place baseball. Yes. Well, they got young, exciting guys, at least. Hopefully they lock down uh, Brian Reynolds for Pittsburgh's sake. Um, And like, I don't know. I think Mitch Keller's a really interesting guy. That being said, like if he got traded midseason, that would not be shocking. Yeah. Um, but yeah. as long as they don't, they're so bad at trades. They just, yes. I mean, the Kitana for Oviedo trade might work out, right. but they've made so many, like what they get for Garrett Cole, what they get for Glasnow, no, just and, a bunch of nothing. Yeah. 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 Um, so yeah, I obviously like to go back to what we're talking about. Like it's easy to be rosy about some parts of the pirates, but the Cardinals should take three or four. Yeah. This should be a good series for yeah. the Cardinals to reestablish that they're a great team. They're a better team than the Pirates. Uh, it's been back to back to back, back, bad or, or a difficult situation. Yeah. Now we can go back to our bread and butter, beating up on bad teams. That's <laughs> uh, what we like. Yeah. So I think anything less than three out of four would be a disappointment. Yeah. Of course, how the games play out, what are the occurrences that lead to that is always going to be the real story, but they need to win this series. They're coming off of two great two wins off of the Rockies. Go in, take three or four from the Pirates. Yeah. That will feel a lot better if we come out from that. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, and then we have the D-backs coming to town. Two, yeah. two home series, which are going to be great. The D-backs have had a, a, a decent start. Um, and, they, and they're another interesting team. They're on the rise. Yeah. They, I, I like what the D-backs have been doing. Yeah. Um, uh, Corbin Carroll is hes a fun player. He's having a, an interesting start. Yeah. But anytime you have the fastest player in baseball, how fun is that? Yeah, they also have Alec Thomas and Jake yep. McCarthy, who also are two of the fastest baseball yeah, players. Their outfield is is wild. Their outfield defense is nuts. I wouldn't be surprised if they the Diamondbacks lead the league in stolen bases this year. Yeah. Um, and then they have guys who, you know, they they've had a slow offensive start. Um, but we talked about Gabriel Moreno quite a bit this offseason. He is highly touted offensive yeah. uh forward and, and defensive forward catcher, just a good player. Christian Walker had a really great year last year. And I still believe in Ketel Marte. I, I think he's too. good. Yeah, and he's having a pretty good start. Yeah. Uh, dealt with injuries last year. Um, but he's one of those guys who should do a little bit of everything and fitting in that lineup with all these speedsters. Um, he, he should be a good batting average guy. If it, if it falls a little bit better for him this year, you could see him driving in some runs with such a, a fast team around him. Yeah. And then Christian Walker, uh, what what was the last year he had the highest DRS as a first baseman by like double the next guy? He, like he was like the best. He had the best defensive uh, uh, first base defense season of all time. Yeah, he like led the league in scoops, DRS, zone rating, everything, everything. Yeah, and hit thirty bombs. Yeah, which first base defense, you know, it is what it is. But hey, if you're gonna have when like, you're like a super freak at it, yeah, yeah that'll yeah, add. Yeah, it helps. Uh, so yeah, they're, they're in obviously an incredibly challenging division, uh, but they're having a good start and yep. they're a fun team. And honestly, Zach gallon, might be a top 10, top He's 15 pitcher. Yeah. Uh, Alcantara Alcan gets the, you know, gets all the press out of that trade, but, uh, Zach gallon was also in that. Well, trade. at least the Marlins also <laughs> traded Zach yeah. gallon away. Yeah. Uh, so that makes us yeah. feel a little bit better, but yeah, he's had a good start. We uh, looking at the schedule. We are likely to face him. We'll see. Uh, Merrill Ke Kelly is okay. Uh, Mad Bum might be cooked. Yeah, which it's is a bummer. A bummer. I know he's been rough for a couple years. Remember now. when there were rumors of the Cardinals trading for Madison Bumgarner? Yeah, well, it was it was the it was last year and the year before. Yeah, because we it, it's been years in a row where it's like we just need a guy to get innings, and yeah. you and you immediately think of Madison Bumgarner. Um, but I think it's probably, or not probably, it's been a good thing that they've not acquired him. Yeah. Uh, I mean, pitching is the problem with yeah. the Diamondbacks. Their right. offense should be good. And it does make for an interesting matchup. Um, you know, we're, our pitching has not been great. And their offense is their strength. Their pitching has not been great except for Gallon. And our offense is our strength. These could be some high-scoring games if the if the Cardinal pitching doesn't get it together. By then, uh, we could see some high-scoring games. I will say the good news for the Cardinals. Uh, yes, you're right. Uh, also, uh, Goldschmidt treats them like they're his son. <laughs> He's the daddy. Yeah, they're the son. So I'm expecting a huge series from him just because he like always does that. Um, but yeah, a couple other just really quick. Um, Evan Longoria is also there. Um, which and he's having a really great start to the season. And yeah, I always love we'll that. everyone likes see what happens with him. Um, and Andrew Chafin, which I think was like maybe low key one of the better off season signings of any team. They got him for nothing. Yeah, and he's a next level uh, left handed relief pitcher. So, anyways, that's going to be tougher. 
hopefully they'll come off three wins, four wins with, against the Pirates, um, and the D-backs will come to town and we'll uh, yeah. smack them around. Cardinals would be on a betting line, still a favorite in yeah. every game except for the one where Gallen is starting. Right. Yeah. Um, so you'd expect good results, but you know we'll see. Right. They're, they're an interesting up and coming team. Yeah. yeah. They're if they're not good this year, they'll be good next year. Yeah. Especially if they start getting some pitching. Agreed. Yeah. Uh. So yes, yeah, seven games at home against two teams that you they should be better than. Yeah. So uh, this will be an interesting week, uh, and hopefully one that we come back to next week. And we talk about how fun this week of Cardinal baseball was. Yes, please. Um, So let's go ahead and talk about some things that have been happening around the league. Yeah, let's talk. So I already mentioned it. O'Neill Cruz uh, breaks his ankle, home plate collision. If you haven't seen that replay, it is rough stuff. And then there was a fight and the like athletic trainer for the Pirates was like using his body to block the guys from attacking or falling onto O'Neill Cruz, who was laying on the ground, wincing with a broken angle. It was yeah, a bizarre the whole thing. I don't know if I've ever really seen a player get seriously injured. And then the other players act like complete jackasses around him like that. Yeah. Like usually they respect that. I, I, I have to assume no one, people were not recognizing yeah. the moment, Yeah, you know, um, be, because yeah, it was very bizarre to find out that one of the young stars of the game, had broken their ankle and everyone around them was just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Very frustrating. Um, The Cubs and outfielder Ian Happ happy um, have come to terms on a three year, $61 million contract extension covering him through 26. Um, I guess this makes him not getting traded, make a little bit more sense. This really, this kind of deal really to me reads like he just wanted to stay a cub and make that happen. Um, Cause I feel like he, I almost guarantee you could have got more on the market. Probably. Um, not that it's a terrible deal. No, um, he's good. He is. Um, and he, he, he's been like slowly improving each year to yeah. like each year has been uh, a new career year for him. Right. So uh, probably a good deal for the Cubs. He's the type of player. He's never going to be your star, but uh, you could do a lot worse than having Ian Happ as a center piece of, yeah. your, of your lineup. Uh, as predicted by this podcast, the Brewers have extended their beer sales to the eighth inning. I expect <laughs> other teams to follow suit. Uh, I can tell you, we went to three games in a row and it felt not rushed, but like as far as beer sales, like, okay, we got to go now. Let's let's go at the end of the fifth inning, run up there, run back. Okay. And get back and, and try to suck down a beer before the game's over. Yeah. It's it's noticeable. I, I It's still a little too fresh, I think, for me to really solidify my thoughts on this but honestly ben i i do have gone to three games in a row yeah i am feeling a little bit like the new speed uh rules reduce the product in a live setting yeah i i I, i'm not ready to commit to that opinion um but the the part of the enjoyment for me personally of going to the game was being there for a while yeah the 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 um just the the pace of the game yeah. like you you could talk to your friends you could engage with fans around you go and get a couple yeah. of beers go and get uh you know uh snacks or whatever go to the bathroom right and now you're missing like innings yeah. if there's a long beer line yeah you know I, and 
I don't know. I mean, I, I think net, even if, even if I do ultimately feel this way that the, the live product is reduced, I still would understand and be in favor of the rule changes yeah. for the, for the broader sense of the product. Yeah. But it was a very different vibe going to these games. I, I think I agree with that here. So I, I have two suggestions. I think the pitch clock should be 25 seconds. Yeah. And I think the batter shouldn't have to engage. Whenever the pitcher is ready, there shouldn't be an eight second thing. Whenever the pitcher is ready to throw, if you're not ready, you're not. If the batter's not paying attention, the batter's not paying attention. Yeah. So I think they they should be 25 seconds. Be kind of fun actually if they right? could just like sneak one by, burn one by real quick on them. Yeah. You, yeah. Be you're up to bat. Get locked in. Yeah. Get ready for it. And if a guy needs to take a little extra time, up to 25 seconds, that's fine. If he wants to go in five seconds, that's fine. I also think the seven inning seven inning stretch should be like 10 minutes long. Mm. Um, yeah. And I know like that might be weird for TV, but hockey, they have, uh, breaks like that in between periods. They could cut to the booth and talk, you know, break, break the game down or whatever. Um, but I think 10 minutes to go get your beer, go use the restroom. If you want to get a dip and dot, you have time to do that. A single dip and dot one single dip and dot. Um, They should just sell one massive. I would buy that one massive. It's like an ice cream ball. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but those, so those are if Rob Manfred, if you're listening, those are my suggestions. Yeah. I think it's insane that like that that why why does the batter need to engage? He's standing in the box. Why does he need to make eye contact to start it? Like the pitcher should be dictating the pace. And if Max Scherzer wants to go every five seconds, go every five seconds. If Giovanni wants to wait a little bit longer, go a little bit longer. And you're still cutting out that like walking around the mound the, yeah. the real lollygagging i think right. that there's a adjustment that should be made and that's my suggestion yeah even another five seconds would probably it would add up yeah um or they go the other way around in that uh not only do the batter and uh and pitcher have to engage i think they have to blow a little kiss to each other mm-hmm. yeah you know God, i he just did that to me in real life i hated that <laughs> okay i'm gonna move on um tampa bay is 11 and 0 right now. It's crazy. The, there's not much else to say other than this team is hitting the ball, is playing great defense. She, Nate was talking about this today. Shane McClanahan might be the best pitcher in baseball. I can't really argue against that too much. Um, the team is stacked. Brandon Lau is hitting. Yandy Diaz is hitting. Um, Wander Franco is Wander becoming F- the superstar. Wander Franco. Yeah, um, we all, everyone thought he would be. I mean, they're getting contributions from guys like Luke Rayleigh and Josh Lau, Low, Lau, whatever. I mean, it's it's amazing. Um, uh, Jose Siri, who they got from the Astros, yep. is crushing. Yeah, I mean, they're doing – when you have an 11-game winning streak, everything has to be going well. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I, I mean, it's wild. Like uh, – <laughs> All right, so we have actually had very little interruption in this recording. I mean, we meant to talk about it at the top, but Ben has two very friendly kitties. Yeah. Um, and we were expecting them to be a part of this podcast yeah. more, but uh, one of them is just sitting here clawing <laughs> at stuff right next yeah. to it. So that's what you probably can't hear it on the recording, yeah. but she's, she's messing stuff up right now. Yeah. She, our, <laughs> our, our she's fighting our camera cable. We, uh, we have a, um, we have a webcam set up so that we can, we can be uh we can put this up okay. online and she just totally I just lightly threw a shoe at her i'm going to readjust the camera she's uh completely thrown it off the rails here ben is adjusting the camera all right all right we're back okay um, all right moving on tampa yeah. bay is good um i also want to point out a group in uh based in salt lake city former owner of the utah jazz 
has put together a committee to bring Major League Baseball to Salt Lake City. Uh, interesting. Salt Lake City is blowing up right now. Um, yeah. Somebody that I obviously I live fairly close to them and, and we talk to people from Salt Lake City all the time. Um, I like the idea because it puts another baseball team close to me. Yeah. It also puts it another team in MLB that ha- would have a not as high elevation, but an equally almost equally as crazy offensive environment, which I just think would be fun for uh, chaos purposes. Balance out the insanity a little (laughs) bit more. Yeah. And just another team in the West Mountain region would be great. So we'll see um, if I was a betting man, Nashville and uh, uh, Montreal are are probably one A and and one B. Yeah. Vegas Um, is up there, too. um, But exciting. Yeah, I mean, expansion is clearly coming. Manfred has said it's one of his priorities for a while now. And he already got his other stuff done. So, yeah, so it, it the league's going to 32 teams yeah. uh, very likely in the next handful of years. And how bad will the Pirates be then? <laughs> and the talent pool is even more dwindled. No, the Reds. The Pirates, the Reds, yeah. we're a little more hyped on yeah. right now. The Reds. You're right. Yeah. Um, and then finally, in slightly sad news, he seems to be okay, but a veteran umpire, Larry Vanover, hospitalized after being hit in the head in the uh, Yankees-Guardians game. Uh, just hope that he is okay. We'll hopefully know more about that soon, but scary stuff. Yeah, they're the oldest people on the field by like 30 years sometimes, yeah. and so taking a uh, you know, uh, a hard pitch or a, or a deflection off the dome or any part of their body is, is can be a serious, a serious situation. So hopefully he's okay. Um, um, that's all I got. Okay. So now we are going to play a little segment and Ben, we should have done this two weeks ago. Um, I just did not think about it. Okay. But, uh, if you remember last year at the beginning of the season, we did a little draft. We did our stars and scrubs draft where we each selected three people from uh, the rules where you select three people from the uh, 26-man and then three people from outside of the 26-man. Sure. And at the end of the season, we will look at the uh, fan graphs war standings and determine a winner. Uh, whoever accrued the most <laughs> war over the year is the winner. Uh, and we actually, if you remember last year, somehow we right. selected six different people. We ended in a tie, which is completely insane. Um, but we are back here yet again for another edition of Draft Day Stars and Scrubs Edition. Yes. Thank you to associate sound producer Chris Phillips for that incredible uh, song. He he also did our opening music, uh, which is incredible. So thank you, Chris. Uh, so yeah, so um, ideally this would have been done before the season even started. We have two weeks of data to go off of, yeah, which we're, is kind we're of, very bad at this. Which is kind of yeah, uh, which is kind of interesting. I think you know we've got some early storylines, uh, so we will go back and forth. Uh, you can go in any order. You can go off of the 26 man now, or you can uh, take your off 26 man pick, whatever you want to do in any order. 
but we will go back and forth on this. So I, I'm springing this on Ben uh, for, you know, so, so he's done no research and, <laughs> and in a sporting uh, manner, I also have done no research. I did not plan for any of this. Um, so I think we will kick it off. So Ben, I've got a, um, we're going to determine who gets the overall pick. Okay. I've got a little app here. You may have seen this before. Uh, it's called first player. It's really good for, uh, board games and stuff where you have to determine who goes first in the app. We are going to put a finger on the screen okay. and it randomly picks one of us okay. to be the, to go first. Okay. I'm touching so, Nate's phone under so duress. We're doing this live. Can you reach it? Okay. Here we go. Three, two, one. All right. I have horseshit. My, oh, my app picked me. I, wow. I, I personally developed this app for myself. <laughs> It's all coming up. Nate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool, right. cool, fine. So, all right. First overall pick. Yeah. Who will accrue the most F war in 2023? Who are you taking? I gotta go, Nolan. Aaron yeah, yeah, that's the right yeah. call. Yeah, yeah. That's who I was gonna take. So, makes sense. Yep. Um. So I take Nolan first. Yep. Uh, Ben. You have the next pick. Yeah, sign me up for Goldie. Yep. Not not that I'm disappointed, but I, I would love to have Nolan this year. I think, well, yeah, he's great. Yeah. But uh, so is Pauly. All right. So you've done Pauly. Uh, all right. Back to me. It gets interesting immediately. Yeah, it does. After those This team two. is funny. They're the obvious first and second. Yeah. Do I ride the hot hand and go with the prediction that we've been having, or do I, you know, pick one of the slower starts that I think will ultimately have a better season? Wow. A lot at play here, a lot at stake. I'm gonna ride the hot hand, Ben. I'm gonna take, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stack the Nolans. Oh wow. Number three. Okay. I'm going Nolan Gorman. That does impress me much. Ah, uh, ah, uh, ah, uh, uh. <laughs> That, I'm, you know what? I'm just going to let that one sit. You know, I'm just going to, I'm going to walk on. I'm going to be the bigger man here. Wow. You have the next pick. Okay. This is tough. There's two guys that I'm really salivating at over here. Um, but I'm going to also do a little bit of a buy low early in the season. I'm going to take Tyler O'Neill. Ah, yeah. Center fielder. He's going to hit 30 bombs. He's going to accrue a lot of war. Um, also, those tight pants. They are very tight pants. They are. Um, Shockingly tight pants. Worth at least a half war. Easy. Easy. Uh, that was going to be my pick. Wow. If if uh, But you didn't. So. I didn't. But I didn't. No, you didn't. So I've got Nolan Arenado. I've got Nolan Gorman. Ugh. They're out of Nolan, so now you got to really think. There's no more Nolans. I, I, where my head's at right now is do I, do I take the risk of a pitcher who can really stack war when they have a good season? Wow. But there's no one I want to pick. Yeah. <laughs> Tough pickings. Okay. I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with Dylan Carlson. Wow. I, I still believe You're in making Dylan, this easy for me. I still believe in Dylan Carlson. I think he's going to get a lot of playing time. Yeah. I think the defense plays. I think yeah. he does everything well. And I think he's going to have a good season. 
Well, good for you. Uh, this is an easy one for me because I definitely thought you were going to take this guy, uh, Tommy Edmund. Yeah, that's he, fair. He's the war boy. He, he accrues. Yeah, he does. Um, maybe I am reading too much into early results here, yeah. but I've been a little worried about Tommy Edmund and playing time in all the positions that he plays. Um, well, I guess he's got shortstop. You yeah. Know, locked in, but, <laughs> which is a high war <laughs> position. But yeah. Still. And he's been third in war over the past couple of years. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll take it. I'll take the pick. It's fine. I actually thought you were going to do Lars Newbar. So I almost did Newbar, yeah. but I'm sticking with my early projection right, right. of Carlson over Newbar. Okay. Yeah. Great pick, Tommy Edmund. Brave. Back to me. Off. We are now off the 26th man. Yes. Lock it in. I'm going Matt Libertor. Oh, okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Good for you. He's getting the start soon. Yeah. It's happening. Good pick. Ooh, then it then it gets hairy quick. Um, all right, I think I'm going to go. Ooh, it gets it gets tough. Who is going to come up here soon? Um, all the youngsters are up. Am I gonna? I'm going to say who is most likely to come up. Hmm. I will say Mason Win, Nate. Wow, you're going win already. Yeah, I think that that's it's probably unlikely. Um, but if he does come up, he's going to rack up more like a like it's his job. So, yeah, I'll say that. Um, yeah, that's fine. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Oh, actually, I already. Ha- I wish I didn't make that pick. I already have another option. Anyways, okay, to you, Nate. Okay. Um, I hope you don't take the guy I'm thinking of. I'm going to stick with... I, I think we're going to see a bunch of pitchers yeah. this year. Yeah, that's smart. I'm going Gordon Grosefo. Okay, cool. You didn't take the guy I wanted, so I'm okay. Okay. All right, so the guy I want... I want uh, Guillermo Zuniga. I thought about taking Zuniga. Yeah. Now, he might only give me a war and a half, but it's going to be... It'll, it'll be there. Yeah. I'll take that. Is Wilking on the 26th man? Uh, he is injured. Yeah. And we didn't talk about that. Yeah, he's on the 15-day DL. Right. IL. IL. I know how baseball works. And we're, All right. again, getting attacked by my little kitten. <laughs> All right. With my last pick, I'm going to do a fun one, Ben. I think that the... Uh, the outfield is stacked, but there's a guy down there that I think could come up later in the year, hit a bunch of bombs, yeah, and accrue some war. You know him. I'm going Moises Gomez. Yeah, like that pick. That's smart pick. I I hope that that happens, just because it would be fun. Yeah, I I'm worried about what situation led to him getting the call up in the first place. Yeah, other than maybe him just continuing to crush in the minors. Uh, but I, I think his bat could play. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. I think that's a, a quality pick from a, a fine young man like yourself. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, okay, my final pick, I'm going to go with a pitcher again. Uh, give me Jake Walsh. Jake Walsh. I, okay. I can see him coming up, maybe being a swing man, but doing some effective innings. We'll see. All right. So that concludes we have 
my team, Nolan Arenado, Nolan Gorman, Dylan Carlson, Matt Liberator, Gordon Graceffo, and Moises Gomez. Yeah. Ben has Goldie, Tyler O'Neill, Tommy Edmond, Mason Wynn, uh, Zuniga, and Jake Walsh. All right. So, uh, feeling pretty good about my team. I I will admit that you probably did better with the Tommy Edmond pick, but, but I still think yeah, I'm you hate Tommy Edmond. I don't hate Tommy Edmund. <laughs> okay. Uh, I like Tommy Edmund. Right. He's been he's been a, a a vital part of this team. Sure. But um maybe I just like rooting for Dylan Carlson. Hey, I hope that you're right. That would be a lot of fun if Dylan is is yeah. great this year. And puts calls up him like Dan. Dan. Dan Carlson. <laughs> the history guy? Uh yes. Um <laughs> Dan Carlton. Carlton, yeah. yeah. Uh speaking of names, I have to throw this out here as we as we wrap up. Uh, we spend a lot of time talking about how our team is full of beef boys. I have a new nickname. I unveiled it this this week at the games. Yes. I want to introduce to the podcast that I'm now calling Alec Burleson Chief Beef. Wow. Yeah. So <laughs> with that. People everywhere are applauding. Yes. <laughs> with that, we want to thank everybody for listening. This is our first live episode. Wow. Or, or not live, but first doing it in person. Hopefully it went well and the sound isn't shit. Uh, we will be back next week uh, with another episode, hopefully a good week against the Pirates and the D-backs. Again, check out the Patreon, patreon.com slash talkingaboutbirds, talkingaboutbirds.com for all your social media needs. Uh, thank you again. And until next week, go Cardinals. Okay, thank you. Bye.